Hey, hey, welcome. Glad to see you guys. Um, so, yeah, um, my name's Charles. I, uh, I, have the, I get to be the director of Chi Alpha uh, here at WVU. And, um, yeah, it's a, it's a privilege. Um, I'm so excited that you guys are here. Um, we, everybody that's new here, um, you guys are, y'all are like an answer to prayer. Um, the small group leaders got together a couple weeks ago and we just prayed like before people were moving in and, um, uh, we just prayed and, and Lord, like we want to meet people. We want people to meet you. And, uh, man, it's just, it's just awesome. So thank you for coming. We're so happy you guys are here. Um, yeah, this is just, it's awesome. So anyways, um, like I said, my name's Charles. Um, I don't know. I don't like talking about myself. Uh, the girl that was playing guitar, not this one, but this one is my wife. Um, she's awesome. We have two kids. Um, one's named after a tree. One's named after a sea creature in another language. Um, let's see. What else? Uh, yeah, I basically lived, oh yeah, I have a dog, uh, he's cool, <laughs> um, anyways, this is like, di I'm dive bombing, um, yeah, so stoked you guys are here, um, really stoked the Kyle is starting, rally, the reason we call it rally, uh, man, this is so cool, the reason we call this rally is, I don't know if everybody knows this, but this is actually just a big gathering of a bunch of smaller groups, Small groups make up rally, okay? Um, yeah, it's a large group of, of small groups. And so we're stoked, this, we're stoked about this. Um, and obviously, small groups are, are a big deal to us. We've probably talked about like 16 times um, so far. And something that's cool is when I first went to rally, like my first time, it actually took me months and months to go to my first rally uh, as a freshman. And if you're a freshman... Raise your hand if you're a freshman. Okay, I just want to know who I'm talking to. Okay, guys, freshman year is so exciting. I can literally remember, like, what it smelled like just walking around campus. Like, I just, it smells like freedom. It smells like excitement. You're a little scared. It's worse than, like, middle school because when you go to middle school, at least you can go home and you're, like, with your mom and dad. But, like, when you go to college as a freshman, you're awkward. And then you go back to your dorm, which is, like, super weird because you don't necessarily know your roommate. And so you're, like, sleeping in this bizarre room. There's no safety. So, um, so when I went to my first rally, I remember thinking, so I, uh, I, Brandon mentioned this, like I grew up in, in the South, I grew up in Texas. And so I always thought, okay, you know, I, I grew up going to church, that's right, horns down, baby, um, but go Cowboys, so I don't know about that. Um, you can boo me all you want, you're wrong. Um, so we're, we're, we haven't lost a game yet this season. Um, so... I went in and I, you know, I, I thought I was a Christian my whole life. You know, I grew up in like a, a family that said they were Christians. Um, of course I was a Christian. You know, I'm from the South, like, of course. And when I first went to rally, and when I actually, when I first started going to small group even before then, I met some people and they talked about Jesus and they talked about God. And I was like, man, if you say you're a Christian and I say I'm a Christian, this isn't adding up. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, when, I, when I first went there, I started to see, and this was really 
it's changed my entire life. It's changed my eternity is I started to see people who I knew who were my own age who actually cared about the things of God, okay? They actually talked about Jesus. They actually knew him. And so they introduced me not to an idea or an image or a part of God that maybe is cool with everybody, that type of thing, but they introduced me to a real person. And so tonight, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about this idea. If you've, if you've spent any time around people in Chi Alpha, you're going to hear this phrase, God is a person, right? God is a person. That means we get to see, experience, read about, and learn about him. Not for, the, not for just so we don't go to hell. Not just so we can say we know more about him. But so that we can ultimately become friends with God. And that he can become friends with us. That is, that is, that's the gospel. That's the good news right there. Um, and so, yeah, it's just really sweet. So, anyways, I'm going to pray. And then we're going to start. Does that sound good? Cool. Thank you, Lord. Um, yeah, just for everybody here, thank you for, yeah, just being faithful, um, answering our prayers. Um, I just pray that you would open our ears, open our minds to what you have to say to us tonight, Lord Jesus. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Cool. So when we talk about this idea, God, Jesus, what characteristics come to your mind when you think about God? You can shout them out. Or whisper them to me. <laughs> Sweet. No wrong answers. It's okay. Um, awesome. So those make up descriptions of what God's like, right? Everything that people said. Kind, loving, um, holy, faithful. Um, all those types of things are attributes of God right? We could also add in things that may or may not be true of him, right? And say, oh, well, God's like this. And that's kind of where this can get weird. But that's why we care about community so much. We care about the Bible so much because that's going to be where we really find out who Jesus is and what he's like. And so we're going to look at the Bible. Um, we're going to look at in the Gospel of John, um, chapter 13. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to skip around. It's a story, but I am going to skip a couple parts because it's kind of two stories that are happening all at once. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and read part of it, and then I'm going to stop, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick it up, okay? So um, John chapter 13, verse 3 says this. It says, Jesus, uh, set up. Um, Jesus and his friends are eating the Passover feast. Uh, it's a holiday, so think like Thanksgiving dinner or something like that. It means more than that because Thanksgiving doesn't actually mean much. Um, but that's kind of what you can envision. So they're all sitting in here, and they all came into this house. And so Jesus, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given him all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper, so they're eating, and then Jesus gets up, and laid aside his garments, took a towel, and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel, which he was girded. Then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? And Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Uh, so imagine you're eating with your friends, and then one of your friends starts taking some of their clothes off and starts washing your feet. That's kind of what this looks like. Okay, um, it's kind of strange. When I ask about, <laughs> yeah, it just kind of sounds funny. Um, 
And it's funny, too, because people will be like, oh, but washing your feet is kind of like this. Or washing your feet is kind of like this. And, guys, there's, there's literally nothing that washing your feet in, in, in this context is like right now. So washing their feet, basically everybody came over, and they didn't have, um, like, door, like, like, welcome mats to wipe your feet on. And they didn't have, like, those boot brushes to, like, wipe your feet on. They basically just had Bill, and he was a slave. And he would wash your feet when you walked in, okay? So they didn't have these live, laugh, loves or anything like that. They just had a guy who was supposed to wash your feet. And that was his job. And I don't think that was probably his sole purpose in being, but that was like part of his job description. So Bill wasn't there that day, and nobody cared. No one did anything. So it was kind of this tension, like kind of an awkward time of dirty feet, you know, they had sandals, so it wasn't like they just had their shoes on. It was, like, very odd for this to be happening. And so they're all kind of like, okay, who's going to be the one that's going to take his place? You know what I'm saying? And and nobody does. And it's kind of like uh, like an arrogant battle. You know what I'm saying? Like a, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Like, it's kind of like who's going to be the one who's the toughest or the alpha. And Jesus is basically like, all right, enough's enough. And he stands up and he does this. And at this point, all of his friends understand who he is. He says he's the son of God. They've seen him do miracles. They've seen him say all these things and do all these things. And he stands up and does this. And so it's kind of like humiliating to them because they're like, I didn't want to do it, but at least Jesus shouldn't have. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think when we talk about um, what is God like, uh, I heard someone say it, loving. Um, That is true. Everything actually that I heard was true. Um, about him. And when we talk about God being loving, um, that is true, and and that is in the Bible, Uh, but there are about three billion different definitions of what loving actually means that we could use. Um, And so there's pictures, misconceptions about love, and that can lead to a misconception about the character of God. Does that make sense? So if we mess up and we say, oh, God is love, but love means blah, 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 and we don't have the right view of that, then we ultimately we'll have a wrong view of God. That's pretty scary. This is a scary place to be, right? So there are a lot of wrong ideas and definitions of love that are even really popular. We talk about them today. Accepting, tolerant, I love cheeseburgers. All these ways uh, are, are different ways that love can be defined. But when you look at the love of God and Jesus, you see that these might not be what they're talking about, okay? Um, these are actions. These are all actions that seem really nice, but in the end, they don't keep someone's future in mind, okay? So they're just, they're trying to, like, appease people, okay? Does that make sense? Um, another misconception is, uh, like, when you're being a jerk and you're really rude or offensive and you say, oh, but I'm just doing it in love, or I'm just trying to be genuine, or, um, so just trying to gloss everything over. Those are words, but their actions aren't b- backing them up, okay? It's like, where did that come from? Jeez, like, man, you say you love me, but you're not acting like it. So which would you prefer? Would you prefer all action? Um, sorry, all the words, but no actions. They're not doing anything. They're just saying, oh, I love you. You know, everything's okay. Everything you do is right. Um, or would you have rather have all actions, but no words? It's kind of an interesting question. Both are significant, okay? Neither one is necessarily more important than the other, but it's kind of weird to try and separate the two because it's like, well, I don't want just one of those at all. I want both of them. So we're going to look at what it looks like for Jesus to love his friends and how he did it. So like I said, foot washing, um, I don't know. 
sometimes people are really into foot washing, and it's not, it's like sentimental to them or something like that, and, and that's great, uh, but there's nothing like it, like I said, and so here's what I can think of that kind of signifies what it would look like, okay, so today's foot washing, people are like, oh, it's like washing someone's dishes, it's not, okay, it's nasty, Okay, washing dishes is annoying if you didn't get them dirty, but it's not gross. Um, and so, imagine this. So, this is a little gross, okay? You guys okay? Okay. If it gets too gross, just let me know. I'm going to try and keep it above the gross line. But it has to be a little bit gross. So, if you walk out these doors, if anybody has to go to the bathroom, there's doors out these doors. There's guys and there's girls over there. If you walk out here, there's a guy's bathroom. And it would be kind of like, okay, I need to go to the bathroom. Like, I got to go. And so I walk out there, and I walk into the bathroom. And I'm like, you know, I'm like about to, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I got to go. And I walk in there, and then I'm like, I open the door, and I see somebody that should not ever be there okay can you think of some like like who do you think who comes to mind they don't even probably wash their own dishes at their house like not, not even someone you know like a celebrity okay or like does that make sense does anybody have anybody in mind who michelle obama, michelle obama. <laughs> probably not okay like there are people think about that's crazy there's people in the world that do chores that don't do chores that's crazy like they have other people do chores for them okay this is my number one person that I think doesn't do chores. However, I think they're really cool, okay? It's this guy right here, Leo DiCaprio, okay? I, I think he's a great, he's probably my favorite actor. I don't know anything about his personal life and I don't want to. Um, that's how you keep favorite actors and don't like despise them as people. But I think he's awesome. So if you walk in the, in the lair bathroom, and Leo's, like, cleaning the toilets. Like, you can't even, that sounds so silly, right? Like, there's no way that he's going to be doing that. And then I'm like, Leo, <laughs> are, you, are you in a movie? Like, it, there's no phones. There's no cameras. Scorsese's not directing him. Like, like, nobody is there. He's just out of his own volition washing up. You know what I'm saying? And, and, he's, and he takes his gloves off, and he says, I'm like, Leo, what are you doing? Why are you here? And he says, I'm doing this because I love WVU and I love you. And he gives me a big hug, right? Like, that's what, that's how I envision this story going on. Does that make sense? Okay. I know that's a little silly, but there's no reason that he should be doing this out, outside of that he, like, that is love. You know what I'm saying? But he's also showing it. You know what I'm saying? He, he could be like, hey, I love WVU. And everybody would be like, whatever like no he doesn't and so it's not like it's not like I walk in and I see like the the number one ranked janitor of all time like washing washing the toilets that would make sense this is someone who should never be caught dead doing something like this so Jesus Jesus said he basically goes on to say um in verse 12 he says it says this it says so when he washed their feet taking his garments and sat down again. He said to them, do you know what I have done to you? 
You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. If then your Lord and teacher have gone and washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you who do them. Jesus said, I'm your teacher and I'm your Lord. Another word for Lord is master. I'm your teacher and I'm your master. Follow my example. Don't let me be the one who does this every time now. Like I want y'all to take on humility. I want you to love each other. This is Jesus saying, I'm not afraid to put my money where my, ma- where my mouth is. Or that he's willing and able and documented to be a man of his word. Okay, throughout the whole Bible, Jesus is doing this. He, it's the most fun- foundational piece of the character of Jesus. He is the example. Not because he said good things and then said, hey, you do them. He said good things and then he, and then he did them. And that's called faithfulness. Okay, he said to do these things and he did them. His words, Jesus' words hold weight because he said, hey, you know what? How could you not think I'm about my father's business? And then he gets up, goes away alone and prays and spend time, spends time with God. His life is backed up by his words and he didn't really have to even do that. People would have followed him regardless. But the reason that his words still hold weight is because of this. It wasn't just a good idea that he was living out. He practiced what he preached every time he had the chance. He resisted temptation. He served others. He took the lowest place. He didn't lord his position. Hey, you need to do what I said just because I'm who I am um, to get people to serve them. He served others and, and gave his life to become a ransom for many. That's, that's pretty awesome. And so Jesus is a man of his word. And, and I think, man, I, I think this is a huge deal. Um, it, it's kind of lost these days, being a man or a woman of our word. Um, I, I have awesome, awesome friends. And my friends uh, don't put up with stuff that, they shouldn't, that I shouldn't be doing. And I appreciate them for that. Okay, it took me a long time. I used to get mad about it. Um, George is one of my great friends. And we were hanging out the other day. Uh, on the green, and he was like, hey, do you want to go do this thing? And I said, do you remember what I said? I said, maybe. Okay, maybe is, what does that mean? It means no, okay. And George didn't let me get away with it. He said, maybe, what does that mean? If you know George, he's like, Chi-Town Santa, what does that mean? Um, and, and, it, and, it, and he was right. I should have told the truth. The answer I meant wasn't no, it was a real, a real true, <laughs> we'll see. Like, like, we need to see a couple things before I say yes to this, right? I should have just said that. And then we, it wouldn't have been offended. It would, it would have been like, oh, that's awesome. Yes, you're right. But I didn't. I said maybe. We say this. I, I, I was in a group of uh, people playing volleyball. I love to play volleyball. And it would be like, hey, are we playing volleyball today? And we'd get like a yes a no, and then I, I, I promise to y'all this happened. It said, maybe, maybe I could, maybe I will, and maybe I might, okay? <laughs> All in a row. Nothing, they should have just said no or not said anything. Maybe, maybe I could means literally 
nothing, right? It's just wasting data. Um, and so, so, so I, I really think this is a big deal. We, we miss what it looks like to be faithful because we're afraid to either say no or to speak our mind, and we put up with the maybe. Either in myself, like I, I say maybe, and I put up with it in my, in my own life, or I put up with it when other people say it. That's, come on. Like if we're friends, let's not say maybe. Does that make sense? So Jesus said, verse 17, the scariest, one of the scariest verses in the Bible. He says, if you know these things, blessed are you if you teach them. Oh, wait, no. If you strive towards them, but hey, no one's perfect. No, it doesn't say that either. It says, if you know these things, you should do them, but unless they're really hard to serve, right? No, it says, blessed are you if you, do y'all see it? Do them. Blessed are you if you do them. Blessing follows obedience. Blessing follows obedience. Another way to say this is, if you do what God says to do, and if you act like Jesus, you will be happy. If you act like Jesus, you will be happy. If you act like Jesus, you'll have joy. If you act like Jesus, you'll have peace. If you act like Jesus, you may or may not have good grades. That just depends on if you're a good study person. Um, if you act like Jesus, all these things are going to be true. He promised this. The inverse is true as well. If you don't act like Jesus, you will not have joy. You'll be anxious. You'll be depressed. You'll be sad. You'll be unexplainably unwell, right? If you don't act like Jesus, all these things will happen. But if you do act like, that's the answer. If you do act like Jesus, you get all those things. So when we're talking about this, we're talking about the faithfulness of Jesus, um, one verse in Exodus, uh, Exodus 34, 6 is going to be up here. It says this, and the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God. This is God talking about himself. The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long suffering and abounding in goodness and truth. Okay. All of those things add up in another, in another version. It says faithful. He's faithful. Faithful is hard to define, right? It's kind of like Everybody's going to have a, another word, maybe like a synonym, um, and I don't have like a great definition, uh, but when I think about it, I think about like steady, reliable, and trustworthy, okay? Does that make sense? Steady, reliable, and trustworthy. In other words, we can trust God to be like God is, <laughs> okay? We can always trust God to be like God. We can always trust be Jesus to act like Jesus. Jesus is going to do what Jesus is going to do, right? Um, if you've ever heard this word, uh, probably a lot of y'all have heard like Yahweh. Have y'all heard that word? Um, or Jehovah. It's the same word. Uh, it's just like, it's basically just the same word in different languages. And that is the, the name that God calls himself. Say, What's your name, God? Yahweh or Jehovah. That means I am that I am. That means I am going to do what I'm going to do, right? Like, that means I'm faithful. I'm unchanging in character. You won't catch me on a bad day. In other words, you won't catch God slipping, right? Um, faithfulness is a, is, it isn't as hard to define as it is to point out in our daily lives. The best kind of, like, summation I can think of is, like, committed, okay? Maybe he's not committed. Everything we're talking about, 
that Jesus is is not what we are. That's not committed, okay? We want Chi Alpha. We want your small group. We want the people in this room to be people who think, have convictions for, and against things, and are able and willing to back them up with our words, our beliefs, time, money, and futures. This is not a Chi Alpha thing. This is a Jesus thing, okay? This is standing on the side of God and committing ourselves to him above all else. That's committing to Jesus forever, not Chi Alpha forever. When you graduate, we'll be sad to see you leave, but you're going to be out of here, right? Um, that's just reality. Uh, you're, you're gonna be, we want people who walk with God to be faithful. This is what God wants, forsaking all others in order to be right with him. Does that make sense? This is faithfulness. This is his faithfulness to us. He's willing to forsake the richest, smartest, most qualified person in order to commit himself to you if you'll just trust him, okay? And he's proving, proving, proving himself to be faithful. You can put your trust in whatever you like. How do you decide what to put your trust in or, or what to put your faith in? Just like a couple, couple thoughts, like a couple answers. How do you decide what to put your trust or your faith in? That's why I came. <laughs> yeah, that's a good that's a good way to think about it. Yeah, okay. Is it yeah, good good track record. Those are great. You think about all these different things. There's stocks, pe- stuff people put their faith in. Stocks, cryptocurrency, cars, governments, politicians, um, countries like USA. Um, careers, majors, there's like all this uproar right now because people have put their trust, you know what I'm saying, like on our campus, and that sucks. Like it's, it's falling apart right in front of us. Um, shifting, it's not stable or reliable. It's, it's not faithful, and it's guaranteed to let you down, okay? Does that make sense? If we put our, that, that can happen. So if we put our trust or our faith in certain things, that's going to happen. If we put our trust and our faith in other things, that's trustworthy, that's reliable. Does that make sense? Like, those are going to be worth it. So, think about this. I'm going to tell you guys a quick story, and then we're almost done, okay? Okay. Um, uh, okay, so basically, imagine this. There's, uh, there's a family, and the father, um, he's amazing, okay? He's so loving. He loves his family. He loves his wife, and he loves his kids. He even loves this cat that his kids wanted. What's a good cat name? Milo. Okay, I just wanted the first one. I didn't want a great one. Um, he, didn't, he didn't pick this cat, Milo, but he'll pat it every once in a while. This is, this is a, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's a good guy. Um, his, he has a great job. It's pretty low-key typically, but sometimes it's stressful. But hey, what job isn't always stressful? This week was especially low-key at work, and he's come home from work and played with the kids. He's been, a, um, he's, he's played with, been really kind. He's been especially fulfilling to his wife. You know what I'm saying? Um, they, they've gone out as a family. They've gotten desserts a few nights and overall laughed a lot. He made great money, and he bought uh, the family, like, pretty extravagant gifts. Uh, and, and it wasn't even anybody's birthday. Are you tracking with me? Like, okay, this guy is, like, he's, like, spoiling everybody. And they're like, why are you giving us this gift? And he's like, hey, you know it's because I love you, right? Um, he, even, he even made a point to, like, say that more often than usual, okay? So 
That's a great week. Sound fun, right? Okay. So towards the end of the week, he starts to remember, oh, man, I've got this big project coming up for this client. Um, it's obviously a super uh, generic job because that's not actually how anything works. Um, but he, he keeps remembering it. And it didn't affect his mood too much. Uh, but he noticed uh, at, out at dinner he'd, he'd maybe, like, get another drink or something just to kind of, like, you know, take the edge off. You see what I'm saying? Um, and, then, and then he started thinking about it more. He started sleeping a little worse. And, man, it was starting to get bad. So he started to drink a little bit more um, because just to keep those stress levels down. So, uh, so he goes back to work that next week, and, man, it is a different week, okay? It's very, very different. Um, he comes home, and everything at the house seems like it's in chaos. Everything's out of order. His kid's asking for a book at night, like, sets him off, and he kind of starts to get mean. Um, he gets a little bit more physical when he's punishing them, um, bordering on fear or maybe like abuse. And he treats his wife more like a maid than uh, a lover. Okay. Um, in fact, he even, he's like, man, I'm so stressed out. Look, I'm going to write you a list of things that you need to do by the end of this, by the end of the day, or like, you're not, you're not going to be happy when I get home. Okay. So, um, so he writes all these things out and you know, she mostly gets everything done. He gives her a slap across the face, and she, you know, she has tears in her eyes. So it's not the great, it's not the best week. He yells and hits, and even hits, kicks Milo. Okay. Um, this trend happens. It's not weekly. You can't set your watch by it, but this begins to happen more uh, a few times a year. Okay. Um, just when things at work get really difficult. Um, so, here's my question. Is this man loving? Okay. He said it. He acted like it. Is he loving? I don't know. Is he reliable? Is he faithful? No, definitely not. Okay? Okay. So, just think about that. Um, band, you can come up. Uh, so something sad happens, okay? He is really stressed at work. Stress is really bad for your body. Do y'all know that? It, it will kill you. Uh, he's drinking a lot. His liver goes, and he dies. He's six feet under, okay? So, quick funeral. About a year later, another man steps into the picture, okay? The woman remarries. Um, and this man has a little less of a fun streak, um, but he really, really shows the lady and the kids that he cares for them. He cares deeply for them. Um, they always feel secure. They always feel safe. The family has a tough time not just comparing everything, um, to the first, to the first man. Okay. Does that make sense? Like they are, they're like, they like this guy, but it's kind of hard not to kind of see through it. Okay. So he's strict in some areas and since he was the new father. You know, he has to kind of take on fatherly roles. He has to discipline the children. Um, but he, he always makes sure not to do it out of anger, okay? He always makes sure that if he's going to punish them or discipline them, it's in order for them. He's thinking about their future. He's thinking about who they're becoming in order to do this type of thing. He was strong, sometimes a quiet man, but never in a hurry to hurt or express anger, okay? He was calculated, patient, and mostly kind, there was one thing about him that you could say. 
He, he never had any surprises. He never brought home gifts. He never did any of those things. Um, the odd thing was he was pretty slow to say, I love you, okay? Um, yet somehow the wife and the kids and I guess Milo's still kicking. Um, they, all, they all felt safe around him. They all felt secure. And they all, they all knew that he cared for them in a way even more than they could express. So he's off at work one day. Yeah, he's off at work one day. He's like, hey, this weekend, um, this is his first surprise. He's like, hey, we're going to get this big getaway. Uh, let's clean up everything, and then we're going to go away for the weekend. And so his wife is out there cleaning um, the, the couch, you know, the cushions, like when you're really trying to clean stuff, and there's like Cheez-Its in there. Um, and she pulls out this receipt and kind of doesn't think anything of it. So she's still cleaning. And so she goes to throw away the receipt. And, man, she sees it and she starts to cry. She starts, like, deep, ugly sobs, okay? What she thought was a receipt was actually a list that was about a year and a half old from her, from her husband who died of, of all the things that he wanted her to do when, she, when, she, when he got home. And she realized this is why she was crying. It wasn't because she missed him. It wasn't because of anything other than she was doing all those things on the receipt, or sorry, the list, that he, at, that he told her she needed to do out of the love that she had for her faithful husband. Isn't that awesome? Like, like, so she sees this, and she starts crying. He comes home, and she, like, wraps her arms around him, and she's, like, crying. He's like, what's wrong? I love you. And she's like, I know you love me. I believe it. And then the credits roll. Everyone goes home, Okay. This is, this is a picture of what it looks like to be both, sorry, to prove your love through your faithfulness. Does that make sense? It's not just words. It's not just actions. It's proving your love. It's showing your love through your faithfulness. And this is just another picture of what Jesus has done for us. If you look through his life, if you look through the Bible and the faithfulness of God, you'll see that he is sometimes boring, sometimes uh, predictable. I don't mean boring. I mean predictable, um, but he's always faithful, okay? He's always going to do the same thing thing. He's always going to do the same thing. And what's cool about this is this is what Jesus washing his feet of his friends and being consistent. He, he wasn't frustrated. He didn't let that get, uh, uh, like out of control. He, he was probably sometimes frustrated. He was probably sometimes tired and not always feeling it, but that didn't change the way that he treated his friends. And, and I think a big part of that is a, he loved them, but also b. um, he wanted to prove that he was faithful, okay? Um, he persisted in his faithfulness. It's not always easy. He had the grit to love and act like Jesus in all situations, even when he felt he wasn't feeling it, right? So um, before we, we worship, um, I want to take like a couple, couple moments, like you guys can play, um, but just kind of asking ourselves a couple questions um, because this is a big deal, okay? Um, the first one is, is how can you be a, a faithful friend like Jesus? How can you be a faithful friend like Jesus? How can you be a faithful friend to Jesus? Um, take a, minute, a, a couple minutes to think about what Jesus being faithful actually means. How does it affect my life? If this affected these people, and this has affected millions of people throughout the years, what does this mean? Um, does it mean anything? And if it doesn't mean anything, great. But if it does mean something, we need to figure that out. Does that make sense? How is it going to affect my life? 
And then how can you show others you lo- your love through them by being a faithful friend? So take a few minutes to think about um, those questions. And one thing that you can start doing or one thing that you can stop doing um, this week, it's always just a simple thing. It's always just a simple thing that you can start doing or stop doing this week to be a better friend to Jesus who is the best friend to us. And then when we worship, um, as we're worshiping and we're singing these songs, thinking through this, some of you guys, there's like, there's like three different groups that I've been thinking about. Some of you guys are seeing God for the first time, and you get to see God as faithful. For the first time, you get to see, oh, man, this is a faithful God. Some of you guys are seeing God for the millionth time, but this might be the first time that you've really thought about his faithfulness before you just kind of took it for granted, before you just kind of like didn't think too deeply about it. Um, And that's okay. All these are okay. And then the last one is seeing God as faithful for the millionth time. We get to worship and praise him because of that. We get to say, thank you, Jesus, for who you are, that you're faithful, um, and and that you you never change. Um, So, yeah. I'm going to pray, and then we'll, and then we'll, like, you can write down whatever or just reflect on some of that stuff, and then we'll worship. Is that clear? Okay, cool. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. Um, just pray that you would speak to us tonight, God. Um, yeah, we trust you, and, uh, and we're just grateful for who you are, Lord. We love you, and your name we pray. Amen.